0: Welcome to New Hope's Sermon of the Week. We truly hope you're blessed as you listen to this week's message.
1: But I actually just wanted to share, it's not going to be really long, I wanted to share some things from the heart. Um, it's been several weeks since I've been back up here, and just kind of share with you some things from my heart, from Joy's heart, Um, what God is doing, um, what some of the things we feel that he's speaking here and he's doing, he's releasing. And then at the end, we're going to actually take communion together to go into the summer. You know, we have this saying around here that uh, summer is one of our core values. So we love summer. So we really try to purposefully not try to schedule tons of meetings and things, uh, only things that are energizing that we really need to do, we really want to focus on more relational things like picnics and get out there and connect with each other. Yeah. So we really try to be purposeful not to schedule tons of meetings. If there's a meeting in July or August, it's important. <laughs> I can promise you that, right, Ralph? I mean, if we just, I mean, it's like we don't slow down here. It's like every Sunday we're here, we're pressing in, God's doing stuff. Um, but for extra things and meetings, we're not... Um, we just uh, really try to purposeful, purposefully try to be relational uh, and just enjoy people, enjoy the weather, and look, uh, our beautiful upstate New York. <laughs> um, so it's been two months since Joy and I were set in as senior leaders. So April 10th has been two months, which I can't believe because I don't think about it in those terms. I just, I, I know what we need to do. I know what God's saying, where we're going. So I don't think a lot about exactly what's always happening. And sometimes I have to take a step back and say, okay, let's think about what God has actually been doing over the last two months, you know. And um, and I can tell you just some things I want to share from my heart. Um, it was interesting. I felt it might have actually been prophetic, but the day after Joy and I were set in here, we were prayed over, Harold Everly was here. He released some amazing prophetic words um, and just, it was just that was one of my highlights, that April 10th service where we were prayed over. We had a lot of churches, uh, church leaders and other leaders from area churches here that were taking part of it, uh, a lot of mentors and you know, people who poured into us over the years. That was a highlight of mine, uh, just, just having everybody here and feeling what God was doing in the room, even with unity and just friendships, was amazing. Um, but the, nec- the first day afterwards was when I got the call from my friend Tim to say, you know what, we got to talk. We have this opportunity that's opened up before us. And last week we prayed over Tim and Jess, sent them off to Zion. But it was day one. And I felt like, wow, Lord, you couldn't have waited a week, you know, or something. I mean, <laughs> there's no celebration. But I, as, you know, obviously, and you work through that stuff, you know, it's, it's relational. So everything, you feel it, you know, uh, feel the loss. But I also felt the Lord say that that is going to be part of our hallmark in leading is going to be empowering and sending. And that that was going to be, you know, part of how, you know, part of our, what we're called to do. And so that's our hearts, is that this whole group here is a group of powerful, empowered people If I look out in the future, that's what I see is a group of people, and we're moving there, that feel, you know, empowered to step out in their gifts and talents and callings, that feel ready to go after things of the Lord. Not just to sit and listen and get spoon-fed from us from the front, but it's a group of strong, powerful leaders who are all, in your own right, going to be very active out there and in your workplaces and in the community and doing whatever, leading and pursuing and creating, and you know extending the kingdom of God and being hospitable with people who don't know Christ. I mean, that's what we envision is our leadership. Um, so I felt like that that was a prophetic thing in a sense that that was going to be one of the hallmarks of us. You know, is uh, is sending and leading. And it's not just Joy and I. There's a call on this place, and it has been for a while, is a sending place. Now, I sometimes wrestle with that with the Lord. I say, Lord, I don't want to send out too many (laughs) because they're my friends. Um, But the Lord has always said to us over the years that as we were faithful and that we sent out, that he would send back builders in their place, right? We've had those words over the time. So we've never shied away from that. It's not just about growing our own kingdom here, but it's about advancing the kingdom of God and seeing people uh, released into that. Um, And actually, this brings me to what I want to share, too. Next week, Carl and Susie, we're going to be praying over them. Uh, They are moving to Florida. Did anyone not know that? I just want to take a poll out of curiosity. Okay, there's a few. Okay, word's been getting out there. Uh, A lot of it happened very quickly. You can talk with them and kind of get the story of what the Lord has done in the last couple months. It's like a little mind-blowing, right, of how fast God has moved things in order Um, but I was really touched because it wasn't long after I met with Tim where Carl came and said uh, just very humbly, uh, I would like you to pray about the pastoral team sending us out. And uh, I felt honored that he would ask that and I feel honored that we get to be a part of sending him out and Susie because you're going together. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Glad to hear that. That's very good. (laughs) So next week, here, we get the honor to pray and to pray them and release some words over them and send them out. And I loved Carl's heart when he shared it with me that they feel that God has assignments for them down there and that's a lot of why they're going. And when you get to know their story, they came here over 30 years ago really not knowing fully what the Lord was doing or what he had sent them for. Um, He shared, and I don't think it's anything confidential, that they had come up here for a time of healing And that from that point, um, it was kind of a little, it was pretty open. They didn't really fully understand why God had called them here. So here we are a little over 30 years later. uh, God is calling them to something again, and they don't fully understand it. God does that sometimes, you know. Why does God do that? But he does. And we get to pray over them next week and uh, send them out. And uh, it was really a wonderful conversation because... Uh, their heart is that they would be connected to New Hope in some way in the future, and that that isn't broken but that there is going to be a connection and there's obviously deep relational connections in uh, 30 years of them serving here. So so we're going to be praying over that next week. Okay? Um, and I just wanted to share something too because I feel like um, you know, it feels like we're doing some sending here of some more prominent couples and we are. Um, and uh, I, I don't, I I do feel like when we do that, that there is a relational part of us that should feel a little bit sad. Um, so I don't want to make it real heavy, but when we do that, it's, it's okay and it's healthy to actually go through a little part where you've got to work through it with the Lord and a little bit of a grieving process, whatever, because they're friends. And we can see this actually in Acts 20 um, when Paul, after three years at Ephesus of teaching and training and equipping um the, the He calls for the elders of the church this is when he's he's leaving ephesus he doesn't believe he's going to return. he calls for the elders of the church to come meet with him, and he gives them this amazing farewell message in Acts twenty starting at seventeen and he says to him things like you know i don 't consider my life of account uh, of any account as dear to myself so that I may finish my course in the ministry which I receive from the lord um but I did not shrink back from declaring to you the whole purpose of God. And then he tells them things like, Be on guard for yourselves and for your flock. You know, that the wolves are going to come in. And, um, and then he commends them to God by the word of his grace. And it just says some amazing things. And this is as someone, he's, he's been pouring into these people for over three years. He's been involved with their families. He's been involved with every aspect Uh, And it says that when when he said these things, he knelt down and he prayed with them all. And they began to weep aloud, and they embraced Paul, and they repeatedly kissed him, grieving especially over the word which he had spoken that they would not see his face again. And they were accompanying him to the ship. And then from there, it goes right on. But we see this really brief, amazing picture of like deep relationships. Uh, It wasn't just this staunch first century church that wasn't relational from that, we see Paul was invested in their lives. He knew their families. They, I bet the stuff that they walked through that he, we don't know is probably astounding. And sometimes when we think about discipleship, we all say, oh, we need a discipleship program. Yeah, we got to get a 12-week course set up, and, you know, and you're going to come out of that and be a disciple. But in the New Testament, what we see is discipleship as extremely relational. And Jesus picked 12 people, and they followed him around for three, three and a half years. And he let them make mistakes. He reprimanded them at times. Uh, I mean, there's way more that happened in those years than is possibly able to be accounted for in the Gospels. Um, But that was first-century discipleship, was being together, eating together, enjoying life together, uh, being stretched together, cleaning up messes after each other, uh, giving someone a hard word that they needed to hear. I mean, and Jesus did do that and rebuke his disciples at times. So um, all that to say, I just am painting a picture for us of like what life is like here in discipleship and knowing people. It's not just about going through a bunch of courses and coming out with a lot of knowledge. There is a room for that. Um, but it's very, very relational. So anyway, so next week we get to pray over Carl and Susie. And then we're going to be doing a, a nice reception downstairs in the great room after the service. Everybody's welcome. There'll be food and all types of drinks and things. And we're going to be shutting down the cafe next week and just having a time because uh, that will be your last Sunday here, right? Okay. All right. So that. So that's that. Um, so at the same time, we're doing so we're doing some sending in this season. God is doing a lot here, and I wanted to highlight this. Um, it's really interesting. God's really been speaking to us. You know, this is going back, I think, you know, for several, several months. Um, but we had a pastor who visited here last week uh, during the service, and last week was such a unique service. Um, it was, you know, a great sending time, but it was a great family time. It was packed to the max here, um, and I had a pastor send me, a young pastor send me this message this week who visited. I didn't even know he was here. And I didn't even get a chance to see him, but he sent me this really kind message. Uh, and this is what he said. I thought it was really cool. I haven't seen him in a long time. The Father's love was thick in the room. He says, I'm excited about all that God is doing at New Hope. It felt like an apostolic womb that births fivefold kingdom leaders in movements. I was like, wow, boy, does that sum up so well what we want to go after? Is like a place that sends and launches and equips people into whatever God has called you to do. That's our heart. So I, it's so amazingly summed up. I read that and I was like, wow, that is so encouraging. But uh, it felt like an apostolic womb that births fivefold kingdom leaders and movements. Um, Beth and Mary were at Elam uh, this past week and people come up to them, oh, God's doing great things at New Hope, we hear. And they're like, do you even know who I am? They're like, <laughs> So, I don't know. God's, uh, God's, God's doing a work, uh, not just here, but he's, it's, it is unique what he's doing here, I feel. Uh, and we face challenges just like everybody else, but you know what? God is doing some great things. And I want to highlight some of those this morning because it's interesting. Um, you know, sometimes you might not be aware of what God is doing and how he's blessing this place, and sometimes we need to hear that. Um, and, uh, you know, some people hear things, others don't. It's interesting how word travels. Uh, But I wanted to just share some things that I just felt were significant. Now, this doesn't validate God's Holy Spirit being here when I share this stuff, but it does encourage us to say, God, you're with us. You know, what I'm sharing here is not the goal of what we're trying to do with life, but it is encouraging. I heard someone say once, um, that uh, when you're driving across country, what is that main road? Is it 90 that goes pretty much all the way across the country? That uh, they said, you know, it's nice for those, um, for when I actually get on 90 and the the on-ramp tells me I'm getting onto the right road, but I really appreciate those signs along the way that tell me that I'm still on it. (laughs) (laughs) And, uh, you know, there's something about that. And I feel like these things, Joy calls them sometimes kisses from God that you just knows that, um, you know, you know God's with you, and I think he, got, he wants to encourage us and, and strengthen us along the way. Um, but these are just some cool things that happened this year. Uh, I can't remember a time where people, like out here in the congregation, we have a generous, generous group. We always have had a generous people here. Uh, but just things have been coming in that are, you know, unusually, I haven't seen this in a long time. We had a gift come in this year for $10,000 for chairs, which, you know, might not seem like a big deal, but it was a big deal. When you look, we had brown chairs for 30 years, you know. It's like, it's exciting. And they're comfortable, and it's a blessing. Uh, we had $6,000 come in for the carpet here. It was for, for giving, and that paid for a pretty substantial amount of the a carpet, a very significant amount. And that was your giving. It was generosity here. We had uh, a gift come in, Back in February, for over $7,000 for an in-ear monitor system, some of that money was extra and went over to pay for a new digital soundboard, if you look back there. We used to have a huge analog board. Now we have a digital board that's about that big, and it does like 50 times more stuff. Right, Brian? I don't understand at all, but... Uh, The in-ear monitor systems, so that the sound team can hear themselves in their own monitor, and it decreases all of the stage noise out here. It's just an amazing thing to have for this room. It makes it like a sound studio. So that was $7,000. We had a gift come in a few weeks ago for almost $4,000 for lighting, because we want to finish some of the lighting project here. Um, And that came in totally unsolicited. So just God just doing things like that, like, wow, God, thank you. And uh, you know, we had seen a pretty in- big, big increase this year too a significant one in giving, and, and we needed to see that. So that's been uh, really a tribute to you, God's faithfulness and the generosity of people here. Uh, and I think sometimes we got to talk about this stuff because God's doing it, and uh, um, it's just awesome. I mean, look around at all God has been doing. Um, we're going to see over the next n- several months new leaders stepping up into new areas um, that we have been talking as a pastoral team for over a year that to get ready. We need to expand the leadership team because God's bringing in more people. We need more leaders to help support it. Can't be Joy and I and Ralph and Wanda doing everything, or Beth, Dan, Cheryl, Mark, Shar. We all need to get ready. And God's calling on us when He starts blessing out and pouring out. There's something He requires. It's going to cost something for us to, to get involved and to go to a new level. Um, we had uh, just a wonderful uh, thing. I'm just to share this. He's not here today, I don't see, but uh, we've had it on our heart for a while to... Uh, every church has some sort of a, like an assimilation program or something, um, but we never felt it fit for us. Uh, being a relational family church, we're not just a data-driven group of people. And we never wanted that to, to be like that. So we asked um, Ryan Davis to help us come up with some sort of a strategy to help people that come in get connected. So if you're newer here, you're going to probably be hearing from Ryan at some point. Um, but the goal here is not just to get people busy and like a hamster on a wheel, keep this place, you know, a house of cards, you know, together. Uh, but it's really to see people connected and then be able to... What are your giftings? What's in your heart? How do we help give you an on-ramp to make those things happen? And it would be sad if you've been here for 30 or 35 years and you've never felt like you were able to do that. Um, So we never want that to happen. And we know that if we're going to grow, we're going to have to do that. Uh, So Ryan has it in his heart to actually help us, and he's going to actually be the point person for this. We're going to call it the love strategy director. So it's a new, going to be New Hope Love Strategy Director. He's going to help get connected and develop strong relationships, uh, help people get empowered to serve and to use their God-given talents and giftings. Um, so we want to be really deliberate with that. So you're going to be hearing more about it, but I think that's exciting. And if you know Ryan, he's just like this most loving, beautiful guy. Uh, Ryan and Stephanie, they're not here today um, but uh, he's just a wonderful guy. He is. Uh, he's been in a consulting business at times, and uh, has a lot of interests and giftings, and he's just a wonderful-hearted guy. So he's going to help us in that area. Um, and I think, like when Ralph said earlier, about one of the things we envision is a vibrant family. You know, not just a bunch of pew sitters. We're not called to just sit around and get fat and happy and just listen to things and not do anything. Um, fat and happy is okay if you choose, but we're not like recommending it. Um, but it's partly it, to be a vibrant family, and everyone pulls their weight, and everyone serves and participates and you know, gets stirred and, and steps out into things that the Lord's calling them to do. Uh, I even felt this morning that God was stirring people's hearts, even as I was sharing. So if that's if your heart's feeling stirred, it's probably the Lord, because he told me that was going to happen. So that's, that's called the Holy Spirit. It's <laughs> a wonderful thing. Um, so I want to actually, before we... Uh, before we go on, and we're going to take communion together. I just thought it would be great to do before we get into the summer months. Um, but I want to just share a couple prophetic words with you, things that were released um, that, you know, we listen to this stuff. And the leaders listens to it, and we pray about it. But there's a reality is it's not just for the leaders, it's for you. And, you know, you can listen to this and say, God, what are you speaking to me through this, you know? Are you stirring me in a way uh, that, you know, that I need to be stirred? So I want to ask Brian to play this first word was given by Harold Eberly, and it was actually over Joy and I at our commissioning. But there's so much in it that is for you. Um, you know, you'll just have to hear it. But it's it's talking about the people they're going to be ri- raising up here, and I want you to hear this. Harold Eberly is an international, really an international apostle. Um, you know, he carries a lot of weight when he gives a prophetic word. We listen. Uh, he's had some really accurate words over A New Hope. So why don't you go ahead and play that one if you can.
0: Hallelujah. For a new structure has been established in the earth. A new structure has been established in the earth. An authority has been granted and the heavens will align according to that which my people have decreed. For indeed we have been given the authority and the living God has come into agreement with that which we decree. Let it be done. Let it be done. Let it be established. Make room for this anointing in the earth. Make room for this structure in the earth. Let everything be shaken and now aligned to that which we decree as God's people. Come forth. Darkness flee. Now make room. Make room. Make room for that which God has released in new authority. Let the nations hear. Let the people respond. Let the new faith, the new harvest come forth. It's time now. It's time now. For this has very been ordained since the day you said, Lord, send me. This has been ordained and now has ripened and come forth. This was preordained, for I saw your hearts years ago. And indeed, you grabbed a hold of it. You seized it, and now it has flourished in the earth, and it will blossom and bear much fruit. Nothing, nothing can stop that which I have ordained, says the living God. A new stone, a new structure has been planted in the earth, and now all must yield to that which has been decreed. All must yield. Watch and see. The regions begin to conform. Watch and see a new people rise under your ministry, a new harvest, and a young army. A young army that now are our children and the next generation shall rise under you and be said to the nations, don't back down, don't back down, for this is what's at hand, this is what's at hand, and this is what I ordained when I saw your hearts, and I looked to and fro to find a heart that was willing, and I have found those hearts." And here it shall happen, and with your own eyes you shall see. This shall be fulfilled. A people coming forth to shake the earth. Let this shaking today shake the earth from this day forward. Be done in Jesus' name.
1: Amen. That's pretty cool, huh? Yeah. Pretty cool. A people coming forth to shake the earth was the part that I could not get out of my spirit. But that's all of us. That's all of us. That's not just talking about joy and I. That's a people coming forth to shake the earth. I mean, that is an incredible thing. Yeah, and I felt like that God, even in our hearts, as we're listening, God's doing this thing where he's bonding us to this. He's putting a resilience in us of don't back down. Don't back down. Don't pull away. Don't back away in this season. But go go after it. Go after it, what God is doing. So don't back down. Nothing can stop what I have ordained, he said the Lord had showed him. Regions begin to conform. A new people arise, a new harvest, a young army. Don't back down. Don't back down. I thought that was good for us to just hear and kind of get into our spirits a little bit. Um, I want to play one more word. Uh, This was by John Lampanero here, and he gave this word several weeks ago. Um, And it just really resonated, so I'd like us to hear that again. Sometimes you miss it if you give give a word in the middle of service, and, uh, you know, I didn't even really hear it because I was back there and I didn't have his mic in my monitor. And then I heard it later, and I was like, wow, that's really, that was the Lord. So can we play that one? Thanks, Brian.
2: You know, as we've been learning in our, um, as we've been learning in our Hearing God class, that when the Lord speaks, he usually doesn't go, out to the unknown to give us images and words and impressions. And what he does is he picks things from within us, things that we've downloaded, videos that we've watched, or words that we've had, or songs that we've heard. He reaches down inside us and he grabs images or snippets of things and he brings them back to us at kind of an unopportune time. And uh, for the people who hear God, it's simply a matter of learning to respond to those impressions, learning to hear those things that are out of the ordinary and begin to ask questions. And so when I went to Mark and I was telling him about the impression that I had and then we sang this song, I I was just cracking up, looking at this. This past week I watched a video on YouTube about a tsunami in Japan and how someone had actually videotaped a tsunami. And if you know anything about tsunamis, before the tsunami actually hits, there's a receding... There's a receding of water. It pulls out of the waterways. It pulls out of the streams. It pulls out of the docks and the places where the boats are. It recedes deep out into the ocean. And there's a charge. There's an energy that's built up. These places that are usually full of water go dry, and it's quiet. And the water recedes out. And so I'm sitting in my chair, and I'm looking at this video, and I'm saying, Lord, why am I watching this video of this tsunami now at 1130, 40, on a sunday morning why am i seeing it again show me what, what do you want to say here and he said john tell them where they're at they're at that point when the receding stops and it begins to swing in the other direction they're at the point he's saying prepare 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 you're at the turning point of the recession it stopped And now the waves are going to come in. But unlike a tsunami, which is destructive, God is coming by His Spirit in a powerful way. And He's going to pour over this place in a way that we have never seen. We are right there, people. We are right there at the change. Can you feel the energy that has been built? We are right at the point when the water begins to shift and come back inland, when the Spirit begins to shift and come back inland, and it's going to happen in this place, He's saying prepare, 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 prepare. Do not be caught unaware when this hits. Do not be asleep. Do not be unaware. Do not be other-focused when this hits this place. When my Spirit begins to move in this place, At the velocity and the power of a tsunami in this place, you're almost there. You're almost there. Here it comes.
1: That's cool. Isn't that cool? That is amazing. Lord, you are good. John, did you say you got that word at Sunday morning at 1140? I just noticed that now. What was it? oh, okay. I'm like, oh, so you're skipping church and you got a prophetic word. I didn't know God did that. (laughs) I just caught that. You know, I never heard that before. Uh, But uh, that, I, I feel that what you shared, I feel that in the spirit of what God is doing, that really resonated. Did that resonate with anyone else, is what you're feeling and sensing? I mean, it's like, wow. God, thank you. That's amazing. Um, you know, and the reality is, you know, here God, that we get to be used by God is awesome. I yeah. mean, you know, but if none of that happens, that's what I felt the Lord say to us today, even to take communion. I mean, it's amazing things God speak in it, and he's going to do it, and we're going to go there. But if none of it happened, can we still love each other? You know, that was what I felt the Lord asking this week. Let's say it didn't. Let's say, you know, we didn't grow. I don't know, you know. Are we going to become more like him? Can we still grow in love for each other? Can we still f- learn to forgive one another? Can we grow in the things that are, you know, that really are important to him? Are we serving and are, are we honoring one another and how we do life together? All of what I just shared in those words I feel like is meaningless if we're not staying to the main thing, which is knowing Jesus and getting to know him more. And uh, so I want our hearts to be around that. But have a big vision for where we're going. Uh, but the main thing, if we lose sight of that in the family and the relationships and loving each other, then we will not come into it fully. Um, that's, I just felt that really strongly from the Lord this week as we were sharing it. And I don't want to counter anything I just shared because it's great um, and God's going to do it. But let's keep the main thing the main thing and continue loving each other, uh, supporting one another, honoring each other, you know, um, so much happens in a family, man. I mean, you know, you, you get jostled around, you get knocked around, and we get choices on how we want to respond to things. Are we going to forgive? Are we going to take up offenses? I feel like there's so much life in those decisions. Yeah. There's so much growth and there's so much maturity that happens yeah. in us as we get to know each other and do life together. That so much maturing happens. Um, so I want to just kind of segue this a little bit and go into... We're going to do communion together um, just to share for a couple minutes on some thoughts on it before we get into it. But, um, you know, why do we actually do this? You know, this is a time when we come together as a family and we remember what Christ has done for us in his life and death and his resurrection. Uh, when, we, uh, show, when we take communion, we show our participation in the body of Christ. His life becomes our life, and we recognize that we're members of each other. You know, it's a, fun, it's a great thing to be able to take this together with each other. Uh, it's a time, I know I feel like, of a lot of gratitude and the sense of being commissioned. You know, it, God does something in us even through this time. Um, it's more than just a time of remembrance, but we're joining, and this was something I was really... Think about this week. We're joining with two, two millennia of saints who have participated in this. I mean, think about that. All the cloud of witnesses, all that have gone on, and saints all over the world um, that are doing this. It's almost like this big universal meal that crosses every ethnic line, every border, um, that uh, this is some way we can all come together and remember what Christ did for us. So you've got 2,000 years of church history here uh, involved in this. Um, and it's more than remembrance because I don't know, you know, about you, but I don't remember the events of Calvary, you know. I don't know if anyone here does. Uh, I wasn't there, but somehow I think we do, we join with the past when we take this. And the past and present does come together. 1 Corinthians 11, 16, or 11.26 says, "...whenever you eat this bread and you drink this cup, you announce the Lord's death until he comes." And there is like past, present, and future in there. Whenever you drink, is right now, whenever you eat this bread and drink this cup, you announce the Lord's death or the past, what he did for us, until he comes. And that's the future. We know he's going to be coming again. So there's a real special thing I think God does in us as we do this. Um, So today we are reminded of the intensity of Christ's love for us and the love that he had for his father, which I think is important. And I'm going to end on this key scripture here. This is 2 Corinthians five, fourteen and 15. It says, For the love of Christ controls us, having concluded this, that one died for all, therefore all died, and he died for all, so that they who might no longer live for themselves, but for him who died and rose again on their behalf. Um, you know, I think in this culture, you know, no, nothing's going to control me. Uh, no, actually, the love of Christ should be controlling us. You know, there is something to give our lives to, and that's the love of Christ. You know, we start thinking like He thinks. We don't just lash out anymore because we're controlled by this love that is like, oh, I don't can't do that anymore. You know, it doesn't feel right. Uh, the love of Christ controls us, that we might no longer live for ourselves but for him who died and he rose again on our behalf. I had this on my heart as we enter even the summer season together. We say, Jesus, we commit to lay down our lives as you did. Jesus, we commit today to lay down our lives as you did.
2: We really hope you enjoyed this week's message. Please join us again sometime. And be sure to check out our exciting resources at newhope.com.